Welcome to Soccer Over Gotham, an NWSL podcast covering Gotham FC with your hosts, Ruby Pinto and Gary Gibson. Now, without any further ado, let's go Gotham. Let's get onto the show. Episode 53 of Soccer Over Gotham. Gotham plays a home game in Chester, Pennsylvania for the second time in two seasons. Gotham goes down swinging in their ninth loss in 10th match. However, there is a ton of positive things to take away from this match. Ruby and I will dissect this and try to see what we can learn from it. So Gotham returns home, 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 Red Bull Arena against Angel City, the return of Freya and Didi. We will preview that match. Gotham makes a trade for Victoria Pickett, a talented international midfielder, and makes another move for 20-year-old Brazilian right back. We'll give our thoughts on those moves. This week's guest is fan favorite Noella Franco. We're going to have a conversation about Menzies, the two new signings, and her perspective. Can't wait. But first, I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Ruby. How are you, Ruby? Hi, Gary. So, yes, we're back for another great show. And we have a bunch of news to cover this week. But we'll be talking about that, all of that here on this show, number 53 already. But tell me how you've been, what you've been doing. How's the new job, Gary? It's good. You know, it's something that you know, I've done for a while, and I don't know why I'm good at things I don't want to do, but <laughs> it is what Naturally. It is. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, yeah, that part is doing good. I actually ended up going to Philly twice last weekend. So, I went mm-hmm. to Philly for the game on Saturday, and then my mother is like a super fan of like the Goo Goo Dolls. So, she yeah. goes to the concert on Sunday. So, I drove all the way back to Philly again. <laughs> this How was time, the concert? This, it was really good. They have such good energy. And the best part is for this place is called the Man Center. It's really uh-huh. cool. It it is like you can oversee the skyline of Philly. Ooh. But it was free free parking. And how oh, amazing that's the is best. free parking right now? <laughs> free parking. Sign me up. It's like <laughs> like if you tell me free parking in New York, I'll be like, All right, let's go. <laughs> yeah. I don't, nothing to do. Let's just go, right? <laughs> yeah. All right. So you know, let's just get into all this crazy news. So first things first, let's just get into I think it dropped, uh, I think, 11 minutes ago. Free agency starts August 26th for players that have six years of service and have contracts expiring this season. Those players for Gotham are Mandy Freeman, Ifeoma Anamanu, and Taylor Smith. I knew oh. about uh, Anamanu. I know she signed a one-year contract. And I didn't know. I also, they picked, they brought in Taylor. So I'm assuming she's on a one-year contract. And Mandy, I assumed her, con- her two-year contract last year ends this year but any thoughts on those three wow so i mean we already know we have great players in gotham so i mean it kind of sucks for gotham but it's great for the players and they deserve it if they they want to do whatever they want to do here in the nwsl or outside of the nwsl go ahead and do it i support them yeah it's it's always good for the players that agency over there you know where they want where they can go that's good Obviously, we would hate to leave, lose any of those three. They're all amazing players, and we want them all back next season. Yeah. Right. So let's get over to a podcast update. I figured out why we're not in the top 100 of podcasts. It was the emails that were, they were being sent to me. They only cover um, iTunes downloads. So that's only like 45% of our demographic. So I know we're in the top 100 of, of soccer podcasts. Let's go. All right. That's amazing news. I mean, we've been doing this for a year now. We're kind of like a, you want to call it like a young podcast still starting out. But 
these milestones milestones that we're we're like you know achieving each and every episode is amazing and i just want to say thank you everyone for the love and we'll be and we'll keep trying to do the best we can do bringing the best gotham content for everyone speaking of gotham content the Instagram the Instagram page is was live last week. What happened? <laughs> it was live. Yes, it, it was definitely live. So, you know, I had the idea for a while to like stream or record the post game presser for for a while now, but I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to do it because I haven't seen anyone do it when I when I was in, in the presser. So, I was like, you know what? going to philly what the hell let me ask what's the word that's going to happen i'm going to get a no so <laughs> i went ahead and i asked i was like hey can can i stream and, and slash record the post game presser and they were like yes so i was like all right i got the green light it was a little last minute so i was like you know what i'll work with what i have i got i charged my phone make sure it was charged 100 percent brought my little podcast microphone for a little better quality audio it was not the best but it was really good <laughs> and i was like i'm in my little tripod to hold the phone so it was steady and it worked out pretty well honestly it worked out i was i was amazed i was impressed and we were live so if you guys want to see the post game pressers now after the game you have to head to soccer over gotham on instagram and catch them live or we're also going to be posting them afterwards on our page if you just want to catch up and like watch it after. This post-game presser was a really funny one because we had uh, Christy and Nicole Baxter there. And Baxter, you know Baxter, she's a jokester. So you guys have to watch it. We had There was a lot of funny moments in this presser. And I don't know, maybe sometime we'll start doing pre-game pressers. And maybe away games and also maybe take some questions from the fans and that we can actually ask in the presser. I think those are some ideas I'm throwing out there. <laughs> yeah. Who doesn't love more Gotham content, right? Right. I know. It, it was amazing. And we got a lot of love. We're over a thousand views in uh, on Instagram for that video. And just go ahead and, and follow us if you like the content. Let us know you want us to keep doing this. Yeah. One last podcast update. So the Hensley part one is now tied tied with the Nicole Baxter for the most downloads this season. Oh. So that's, that's surprising. That's a lot of downloads for both episodes. <laughs> that's awesome that they're tied. So, so yeah, so that's, that's exciting. This is in general for all episodes or did they beat <laughs> um, Becky tweet already? Oh, no, no, no. Becky's like, Becky owns that. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> Just players. Yeah, just the players this year. Uh, so let's get some team news. Beto's won save of the week for the second week in a row. Congrats to her. Awesome. Woo, that's yeah. amazing. Another one in a row. I mean, they've been making her work, so <laughs> she deserves it. Yeah. Hey, everybody, find us on Twitter at Over Gotham Pod. We're doing more Twitter spaces, and we had a fun time last weekend with Jenna and Noella. I know we talked a little bit about this on the Twitter space, but I just want to get your thoughts on because you weren't you weren't there. But what are your thoughts on Caprice Cadasco being traded to Houston? Well, first of all, I was very heartbroken to hear the news that that she was traded to Houston. And you know, and 
now it makes sense why she wasn't playing when they were in Houston because that that was her team or her future team or whatever. So that's why she didn't play. And I know she was not having the best year here here with Gotham. So I support it as long as as long as this is what she wanted. You know, if she wanted this, I support her a hundred percent. At the end of the day, it's like any other job. If you're not happy or if you get a better deal somewhere else, you just move on and just keep going, get go on to the next job. But I wish her nothing nothing but the best. And like you always say, once Gotham, always Gotham. Yes. Here's a tragic story today. <laughs> I had my little with me today. So we're watching some shows. And then he's like, you know what? Let me see your studio. Like, okay. So I brought him in the studio. I start showing him how to like edit and play around with audio. Mm-hmm. So part of the Noella interview today was edited by my little. So there's that. Oh, there you go. But it takes a turn, right? So yeah. we're talking and then he starts listening to that interview and he's like, so when are you going to get Caprice on? She's my favorite. I was like, oh, no. Oh, you had to break the news. <laughs> I did. Uh, no. Yeah, it was tough. What was his reaction? He was like, oh, too bad. I was like, yeah. Oh, nice, man. You know, best. And we have another intern. Yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, you know, as, as I said on the space, Caprice is one of the easiest players to root for. She's a great locker room leader. She's a warrior on the field. She played with absolute joy. Always the first to sign autographs, always doing the community work. She's a league representative of the AAPI, uh, just a kind individual. And I know why my little liked her so much because she would always, she was always there for signatures, but she would like look him in the face and say, ask him like how he enjoyed the game. So he like kind of a little bit of connection with her. And she was amazing for that. You know, on the other side, again, I have 100% faith in Ellie Jean. She's going to do great. This whole thing kind of jogged my memory that I was conductor of the LEG hype train earlier in the season. So, you know, I, I fell off a little bit, but I'm trying to get back on. All <laughs> aboard. Let's go, Ellie. <laughs> Let's go. Yes. But player out and players in. Gotham gives KC 200K in allocation money and a first round pick for midfielder Victoria Pickett. Curious your thoughts on this move, Ruby. Yeah. I mean, it's awesome that we got Victoria Pickett. I was just wondering the amount of money that we got for one and the other. I'm not saying that one is worth more than the other, but I think we could have gotten a little more money for Prezidasco in that trade. And, you know, Gotham's on the move right now. They're on the move. They're looking to position themselves for a better place for next season. I like Victoria Pickett for Gotham. She's a very talented player. And I think she will bring versatility to the team. She's fast. She can pass defenders here, left and right. And she can get to the final third. She makes it look so easy. I've been looking at her highlights. And she makes it look easy. So hopefully she can bring back to Gotham because we're definitely struggling in the, in the, in the final third. And I just can't wait to see her play. Absolutely. This is a, again, I'll talk more about this with, with Noella on the, on the interview, but I think this is an amazing pickup. Victoria was close to earning Rookie of the Year last season. So essentially, we were getting a second-year player that you know can ball. So draft picks can be hit or miss. Here you're getting a player that's already proven herself. I don't care about NWSL funny money. Uh, I'll explain that later. Mm-hmm. But, you know, this is awesome. It's a great move for, for Gotham for many, many reasons. Gotham also gets younger at a key position. There's nothing not to like here. Let's go pick it. Yeah, let's go. Yes. And also... 
uh, Gotham picks up a 20-year-old Brazilian right back, Bruninha. She is a super talented player. Ruby, your thoughts when they signed this player? Honestly, I don't know much about Bruninha, but every time you sign a Brazilian player or hear about a Brazilian player, you know a Brazilian player can bring that explosiveness to the field. Right now, she's playing in the World Cup under 20, and they're on the semifinals right now. So she is a talented player. Uh, I was watching, actually, a little interview of her in Portuguese. Portuguese and Spanish is a little, it's a little similar. So I understood most, most of the interview. And she was saying how in, when she was little in Brazil, there was not much like visibility for women's soccer when she was small, uh, little. So she didn't know if she really wanted to play soccer back then. But then around 14, 15 years old, there was like, there was getting more traction in women's soccer. So, and she felt she still was a little undecided she wanted to do because a lot of people were telling her, like, do you really, like, are you sure you really want to do this as a career for your life? And she grew passion for the game and she knew this is what she wanted. And now we have her here at Gotham. So I'm really excited. Yeah, she's very much a Caprice Didasco type player. All the, the video clips that I've seen of her is her just bombing forward, pick, taking on players and getting balls across. She looks exciting. I haven't seen much of her actually defending, but uh, she looks like a very talented player who can pass, who can play, who can get up the field. She is the future of the Brazilian right back uh, on the national team. And it's amazing that we have a player that young, that talented, mm-hmm. that experienced on our team now. All right. So we actually have a game to recap, don't we? Let's get to it, shall we? Let's go. All right. So Orlando was really finding their form in the last couple matches. They went six unbeaten. Gotham is closer to playing good soccer again. Each game under interim coach Hugh Menzies has been better than the last. Let's see if that continues. So the roster highlights, Gotham only has Long and Richardson out. Harris becomes a last-minute scratch. Other than that, a full available roster and healthy, which is really good to say. Yes. So the roster notes, honestly, you got to hand it to Hugh. He's playing around with the lineups and the personnel in a positive way. Gotham comes out in an interesting lineup. Betos in goal, back line of Dorsey, Johnson, Freeman, and Jean. Here is the fun part. Krieger in the six. <laughs> hashtag manifesting. Yes. Serboni <laughs> in the eight. Baxter in the ten. Monahan, Smith, Anamano across the front line. Any thoughts on this lineup, Ruby? Well, definitely. We have something very different here. And I really enjoyed watching this game. Yes, we didn't get the win, but it has been, this is the most even game I've seen Gotham play with this new lineup. And Gary, I just want to say, just keep manifesting, just keep manifesting out there. And I want to manifest another start for Baxter. I think she had a good game. She did. She played very good with her back to the goal. And she was, yeah, she was very good in combining. Uh, shame she only got, you know, half, half the game, but amazing for her to get a first start. It's been a long time coming. So we were tagged by the Nets Republic that Krieger was going to be in the sixth. And I was like, all right, Nets Republic got jokes. <laughs> I was like, it must be like a five back with Johnson, Freeman and Krieger. But, you know, sure enough, they roll out on the field and Allie's sitting right in front of the def- defense. You know, for those who don't know, Krieger in the six was an idea I brought up early in the season after mm-hmm. Gotham was in complete disarray. 
So Jenna, uh, we talked about that and her and I have been going back and forth all season about this idea. <laughs> I think I, I think I won her over to that idea maybe halfway through the season. So it was honestly, it was born out of desperation. <laughs> it was the only way I could outside of a five back that I can get Freeman, Johnson and Krieger, my favorite players on the defense on the field at the same time. So all three deserve to be starting. Allie is one of my favorite players to watch because she does almost everything right. She reminds me of some of the players that I played with over the years, some of my favorite players that I played with over the years, just obsessed with getting every touch right. Like I know her skill set would translate. So yeah, so blame me for this one. Hashtag manifesting again. <laughs> blame you on that one. I, <laughs> I have to say we're going to keep blaming you and keep manifesting because we had a great game. And yeah. we just love Allie Krieger. We'll see if we see her again there next next game. What do you think? Are they going to put her back in the sixth? She's not my first, second, and possibly third choice for the defensive midfield spot. Mm -hmm. But she she did really well. And her, I, her presence uh, freed up Zerboni and Baxter to kind of do mm -hmm. what they do because they, they just knew they could just leave her back there on an island. And yeah, and her passing out of the back is going to be a big part of this team going forward. So honestly, let's, let's keep going. Why not? Yeah. It was awesome. Let's keep going. But you know what? Let's get to this game. First half. This was, as you said earlier, completely even. Neither team were breaking through. It was nearly even in possession and run a play. Felt like there was no real momentum for either team. The only advantage was an expected goals. Orlando hit the post once. But, you know, the only interesting things were there was Gotham's forwards were interchanging everywhere. And honestly, Gotham played a 4-2-4 at times where it was just a flat four front line. And it was interesting to see the Gotham's uh, forwards moving around so much. So right before the half, Tim Rack is dribbling the ball across the 18, seemingly uncontested, two minutes into a three-minute extra time. It felt like we've seen this movie before many times. So I was it triggered my season-long PTSD. But somehow it doesn't find the mark. Big relief to get the half even. Ruby, your thoughts on this first half? <laughs> season-long PTSD. You're right. You're so right because most of the past games, Gotham has scored. Like They have scored on Gotham. Like right before the end of the first half, and it's it's just so heartbreaking. But they held it together, and thanks to to that post, Gotham goes to the locker room zero zero. Wasn't really exciting, but it was a competent performance for the first half. Both teams compressed the field, and there was like a really short distance between each team's back line. A lot of action in a short area. All right, any other thoughts on this first half? So I, I have to highlight that this this time Gotham didn't play most of the game in their half. So we're finally slowly progressing into the opponent's half. Uh, yeah, they're making progress. And like I said before, I don't think we were going to be able to fix half a season plus Challenge Cup performance in two or three games. But it's great to see the progress. Absolutely. Uh, my player note for the first half was that Betos has a bit of Sheridan in her. She just sometimes yeah. waits too long to get rid of the ball and just like slips balls past uh, the attackers. It really gets your heart rate going. So, oh but, my God. Yeah, yeah it's nerve-wracking. And those moves can be dangerous. <laughs> Certainly can. So <laughs> second half overview. So sometimes in soccer, you create your own luck. And that is what Orlando does here. Sometimes you just have to just create a bit of chaos and see what happens. Orlando just gets on the board after a scramble in the box. You know, the momentum starts going Gotham's way. And I literally tweeted this out. And then mm -hmm. 30 seconds later, 
Gotham gets scored on again for overcommitting, trying to get the equalizer. Ali Watt punishes him for it. However, Gotham gets life from the substitutes. I mean, good on Kawasumi, Mewis, Bike for strong performances. Your thoughts, Ruby? Yeah, and when when there's chaos like that in front of the goal, it's very hard to keep an eye on the ball. Unfortunately, Orlando scored and Gotham went into panic mode and and you know what happens when they go into panic mode. They start getting messy and stuff like that. But as the game progressed, they were more calm. And then Kawasumi comes. And let me tell you something about Kawasumi. She is a very special player. She's not very physical. She's not a very physical player. But her vision on the field, her teammates, and overall, the game is just a lead. She's very tactical. And that cross to Mewas was just chef's kiss. Beautiful. <laughs> Absolutely, it was. Nobody told these players that the season was lost. These players gave it all in this in this one. This is what I meant when I said go down swinging. Fantastic performance from every player. Yes, yes, fantastic. And and now the goal is to get as high as they can on the table. I think being last on the table should not be an option. They have very talented players and i think the standings do not reflect their skills so let's go i let's get to the seventh eighth place i don't know but the bottom is not what i see gotham you know i'm really impressed with jenna bike it is good to see how much the teammates trust they have in her so there was no hesitation to play her in difficult circumstances orlando got by her early and often but she stood her ground, she got back up, and she grew into the game. So she nearly got a goal later on and played some great balls across. I'm still not sure she's an outside back, and maybe with the new signing, she's not. But as a natural forward, you know, hey, so was Dorsey at one point. Let's go, Jenna. Yeah, I'm with you. I really like her a lot. I really like Jenna uh, with Gotham. And I thought she was going to be a midfielder for a second. But, but then I saw her on defense, and I was like, Okay, all right, maybe the coaches see something we don't see. And of course we don't because, you know, they have trainings, all that. She's probably better in defense, but I thought she was going to be a midfielder. And like I said before, I want to see more of her. So any overall thoughts on this one, Ruby? Overall, it was a good game. There's a lot of potential in this team, and they just got to keep building from here. They they seem to be positive, optimistic, and very optimistic for what's coming plus the new additions to the team will help out building the team in this building phase and like I, like you said they're not going out without swinging you know good on the philly crowd 4500 announced yeah. considering red bull was playing at home and the union were playing away at the same time that's not a bad turnout that is great yeah it's a good turnout it was nice to see cloud nine out there supporting like always they got some love from the players on social media it was amazing loved it the fans from south jersey and philly got to experience a game from these amazing players yeah so any stats of the week ruby all right so for this week i have on the duels so gotham had 40 46 duels won and orlando only had 28 so that's incredible they had they 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 just dominated in in that area there what about you yeah so my stat was Six clearances. I know that may sound <laughs> insignificant, but it's very, very telling. Gotham led the league in clearances. We've been averaging clearances in the 20s plus each 
uh, plus in each match. What this tells me is that Krieger and Zerboni did a great job shielding the back line and just limiting chances. And right now, Angel City is actually leading the league in clearances. So we'll see them next week. Oh. Yeah, so let's get to our player of the week. Over on Twitter, over Gotham Pod, fans chose Krieger, 7% higher than Mewis, the goal scorer. Thanks to all the fans who voted. Do you agree? Myself, I picked Zerboni. She has such a great match, and I believe having Krieger there helped her a lot. She was rated 8.3 on uh, Foot Mob. She also, she almost scored two, so Zerboni, she's been improving a lot since we had all these changes changes she's been improving so much and she truly is a warrior yeah, even on the goal uh, if you go back and watch the goal she does a lot of dirty work underneath to get to that to get us free for that goal so she was in, influential in the entire mm-hmm. match and, and i i, I kind of agree with the fans here so i have three or five or whatever <laughs> uh, <laughs> i agree krieger was solid in, pos- in her new position that she hasn't played Really made life easier, easier on the players around her, like always. But Zerboni put on possibly the best individual performance of the season since Mewis in week one. Her stats are ridiculous. 85% passing, 75% tackles won, three interceptions, 15 recoveries, 83% of her ground duels won, 105 touches. She was playing out of her mind. Lastly, the, Yeah, incredible. Lastly, the subs, Kawasumi, Mewis, and Bike. Again, fantastic performances from them. All right, let's get let's move forward. Let's look at the table and where we stand. Do we have to, Ruby? <laughs> Do we? That's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So Gotham started and in, in started first in week one, and then slowly, slowly descended down the table mm-hmm. before finally hitting rock bottom, last place. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> but you know, we gotta stay positive. There's only one way from here, and that's up, right? <laughs> we yes. need to finish. I'm, I'm telling you, we need to finish at least eight on that table. What do you think? All right. So hear me out. <laughs> <laughs> Av- the average number of points for the past three seasons for the sixth seed is 31, 33 points. Okay. Gotham has 12. <laughs> there are seven games to play. Seven times three is 21. 12 plus 21 is 33. The playoffs are still within reach, people. <laughs> so all Gotham has to do is that little thing that's called winning every game from here on out. So you're telling me there's a chance. Speaking hey, of there's a chance. It's, it's, <laughs> it's possible. I mean, Orlando has has done great things so far. Why can't we? Like, hell yeah, we can. <laughs> yes. We'll get our first chance when Gotham returns to Red Bull Arena this Sunday at 5 p.m. The 1% Derby. The return of Freya Coom and Didi Heritage, a clash of the two teams Freya built. So pregame, 2.30 p.m., The Garden, with glitter tattoos, live music, giveaways, and more. So try to get there early if you can. I'm going to try my best to get there early to hang out with Cloud9 and everybody else. So look for me there. I'm going to try my best. <laughs> so speaking of these teams, these teams have only faced off once. And Gotham won that game one nothing. As you all probably remember, it's in your memory banks, but Gotham was under siege that entire match. Remember my stat of the week, clearances? Gotham had, ready for this, 41 clearances in that match. So that has to be some kind of record. But your, your <laughs> thoughts on this on this matchup, Ruby? Oh, my God. But I was laughing earlier because you're like, get there early. And I'm like, I'm always a person that gets there like 
<laughs> when the match is about to start. I mean, I guess on time is good. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. anyway, my thoughts on this matchup. I know Gotham is going to come and fight because, hey, we're home and this is Angel City. We cannot lose to Angel City at home, especially at home, guys. We can't do and And I believe Eli Manning is going to be in the house. So let's go. We have to win. Feels like a good chance to break the drought. Midge is back. Just got to be on the same page. Mm-hmm. So let's. what are we manifesting this week since we're on a roll? I'm just going to keep manifesting a win until we actually get a win. <laughs> I mean, yeah. we have to get a win. It will be a huge win if we win against Angel City. So what What about you? What are you manifesting, Gary? Right. You ready for this? I'm manifesting a march from the bottom like the Jaws poster. <laughs> Angel City is going to need a bigger boat. Any random thoughts before we go, Ruby? I do not have random thoughts this week, unfortunately. Do you have any? I did. I forgot it. But you know what? No random thoughts this week. Let's just get <laughs> right over to this interview. Let's go check in with Noella Franco. She's an, an incredible beat writer, and she's going to do amazing things. Let's go talk to her, shall we? Let's go. Let's go. All right, fans. So one of the goals of this podcast is to amplify the voices of all the best Gotham FC content creators. We are here to make the sport more accessible and provide in-depth coverage this sport deserves. Last time I had this week's guest on, we got to know her as a player and a person. This time we dive deep into her unique perspective on Hugh Menzies, Victoria Pickett, and Bruninha, and everything else Gotham FC. Welcome back to the show, Noella Franco. Thank you so much for having me, Gary. Super excited to be here. Super excited to talk about all the new developments. Yeah. So I don't have any rapid fire questions for you this week, this time. So you're off, okay. you're, I think you're off the hook on those. No, no <laughs> more you. Long Island questions. <laughs> Thank goodness. I can't handle those. <laughs> <laughs> Sparkling water, yes or no? That's the only one. Yes. Why not? Yes. Okay. I was going to cut your mic off. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just talk about, about Gotham itself. The third Gotham is obviously not making waves on the field, but they're now making waves off of the field with transactions and stuff like that. It's pretty exciting that news is dropping every couple of days. And yeah, so what's your thoughts on this, the back end of Gotham? Uh, well, in general, I think it's great that, that the management is trying to make sure that the team doesn't become stagnant. Because I think the problem with losing so many games is that players... And, and fans, right? We're all really disappointed, heartbroken. We're going through it a lot. But I think the general management in general understands that if you're keeping players like in cycles and if you're trying to do the best for the team and trying to keep different rotations happening as humans is doing also in recent games, I think they're making sure that this team doesn't lose hope and, and joy in playing. Yeah, it's a it's a mentality thing, Absolutely. as we talked about, like when, on the earlier podcast, was something that had to change. It was either the coach or the players, but you got to change some of the players too, because that once that funk gets into a team, it's really hard to get out of it. Even if you have players like Zerboni and Mewis and all that stuff, it does kind of affect the team as a whole. So bringing them to new pieces definitely helps that. Of course. Yeah, and also it just it's, it's a clear intention by Yael to shake this team up and build the team that she's talking about building for next season. So that's some of these moves that were 
talking about tonight is moves that are going to not just be for this season, but it's for seasons to come. Absolutely. I, I agree 100%. And this is what they've been talking about, this winning mentality, this winning culture for the club that they're trying to aspire to. And I think I think they're going about it the right way, especially given the circumstances. Yeah, absolutely. I was I was surprised. Uh, let's just get let's just get into start with Bruninha, a really really exciting talent. So this is a twenty year old Brazilian right back. So I'm just curious your initial thoughts on this on this move, Noel. Well, I was I'm not going to lie to you. I was completely surprised. I could have never told you that Gotham would sign this young rising player from Brazil. But can I tell you, I am so so excited for her. Um, she's only twenty years of age plays the fullback position, is currently captaining the Brazilian national team uh, in the U20 World Cup that are playing in the semifinals. And, and I'm just so excited to see her to play, to be honest, for Gotham and, and get to compete in this league because she's such a dynamic player. She's a very creative player. And it, she's just so much fun to watch. I, I very also surprising to me also because Gotham does have a couple of fullbacks already. So it, it took me a little bit by surprise but I don't mind it because, again, because she is so young, because she has so much um, international experience. Um, and, and also Brazilian football also is different, obviously, in a very beautiful way. Like, I, me personally, my personal opinion is that Brazilian soccer is the best soccer, to be honest. And so they play with a, a lot of joy, with a lot of creativity, with like a lot of offensive um, impact. And for a fullback position, as of right now, in this current time, it's the fullback position does need to be very um, aspiring to be another forward. So I'm, I'm really, really excited about her. Absolutely. And so she started her senior career at age 16. She's played for the Brazilian national team at all levels, U17, U20, where she was a captain. So she's made five appearances for the senior national team already. So she's coming to Gotham with a ton of experience for a young player. And I know you talked about Talk, talk a little about the Brazilian national team and where she fits into the hierarchy. Well, for the senior team, of course, um, it's been talked about, especially in the last World Cup, where they bowed out a little bit earlier than they were hoping for, where Martha herself had said, had made an appeal to to the Brazilian youth female players that, that they need to continue playing, that, that they're not going to be around forever. Um, and so a lot of the senior team is up there in age again not to cap any any player by age i think we've seen in sports all over the place that age is nothing but a number to be honest and, and the sky's the limit if someone proposes themselves but a lot of the players uh formiga also of course had just recently retired as well and a lot of the players are in their mid to almost reaching late 30s so for the brazilian federation to have a player like Bruninha, who is especially very young, but who's been through the cycles, who has that experience and plays the fullback position, I think she very much, I wouldn't be surprised to see her on the senior team within a year, two years, to be honest. Yeah, I think she's going to be fantastic. I think when she adapts to the physicality and the speed of the NWSL, I think she's going to be an incredible player. Yeah, absolutely. Especially because pairing her her skills with with the league, I think, also, um, a lot of rookies um, in the end of the say that as well, that there's just a little bit of like a, a physicality aspect that they need to adjust at first. But other than that, I'm sure she'll be flying there too. Yeah. And for a team that plays with a lot of possession, she'll fit right in. And, and for the team that likes to get their fullbacks forward and getting crosses in, I think she's going to fit there as well. Okay. So for me, like this is clearly a signing for next season. 
I think she has to finish the tournament she's playing in now and then get her visa sorted out. But this, I think, is the clear future of the outside back position at Gotham. And again, another clear indication of the type of team Yael is trying to build here. Absolutely. Also, uh, around Red Bull Arena, there's a lot of Portuguese and Brazilian families around the area. So I think this could ignite a little bit more enthusiasm around the team and bring more fans to the, to the stadium, which should be exciting as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, especially with uh, an appeal to all types of fans, I think Gotham has always been a leading franchise in that, trying to make sure that our players are um, internationally recruited. As, as long as the player can play and, and have good pace, I think she's going to be great. And I'm excited for, for new fans, hopefully, to be able to see her as well. So let's move over to the second signing, which is Victoria Pickett. Now, this one excites me very, very, very much. Uh, so Gotham trades 2000 K and a first round pick for Victoria Pickett, a Canadian international with again, a ton of upside, just like the first person we talked about. So what's your initial thoughts on this trade? This for me, I think is the piece that Gotham has needed to make for a mm-hmm. long time now. Um, because, and, and Victoria Pickett is a very, very interesting player because she obviously has experience and all over the field. She's played as a defender at Wisconsin. She's played as a midfielder as well, a forward. Um, I know for Kansas City, she was playing. And and Kansas City actually is very interesting because they play with the 3-1-4-2 format. Um, Potter has them designed to be this like modernized version of the um, 3-5-2. And so it's exciting to see this. she's played as like a left wing back there. And she's also played as a six which I think gives Humenzis uh, a ton of options for her. Yeah, absolutely. And and he has been one to mess around with the formations and this, and this tactics a lot over the past couple of games. So I'm excited about having more tools to for him to play around with. Yeah, absolutely. So I know I see a lot of people like arguing about this trade. So I'm just going to give my real quick thoughts on, on this trade. So first, I think Pickett was a top 15 pick last year. And she was only a top 15 pick because she was injured for essentially two years before getting drafted. So that is the only reason she went 15. So this is otherwise a top five, top 10 pick. So you're getting a known product that's a top five, the top 10 pick essentially for just money, right? So not only that, but I think she outplayed every rookie in her draft class. So you're getting someone who's proven. There's no guesswork, no gamble. She can flat out play. And then secondly, I do not care <laughs> about NWSL funny money. I don't care about it. how much money it took to get her here. The money is not real. Nobody's oh accounting for it. <laughs> like it, in theory, like it could be used for almost anything, like housing players, buying down contracts, paying mm-hmm. fines, paying down debt to the league. Again, the money isn't real. So I absolutely <laughs> love this trade. Yeah, yeah, and and I don't know too much about uh, the financial aspect, but I, even just as a player, I, I I really can't emphasize how much of a win this is for Gotham. Um, she really and and her herself also has her own national team experience. She's played um, for the U seventeen youth Canadian national team as a fifteen year old. She joined the U twenty team and played as a fullback with the team. Um, so she really and and I think you you pointed it out best, right? That she obviously unfortunately was injured. Um, for a long time at the end of her college career. And and she herself was surprised, um, or thankful, I think, would be the correct term, for being drafted and stuff, because a lot of coaches are a little hesitant about injuries. But but working with Kansas City, like Matt Porter, uh, Matt Potter, excuse me, I can't emphasize, I think 
the trust that he has or had in her um, in that cycle, in that roster, I, she was crucial, I think, for Kansas City's success um, this season and, and playing. And she played as a six for many of the games, some of the recent games as well. Um, she was playing in that in that pivotal six, especially in that format with when you only have one center defender, a uh, center defensive midfielder with three behind you. That six has to be on top of it more so, I think, than any other format, to be honest. And and this is all as like a second year. Like she's oh my got two years in the league, but uh, her minutes have been incredible. She's already logged over a thousand minutes this season as well. I I. I think this is incredible. I'm really, really excited to see her, see how she fits in here at Gotham. Um, but I'm excited. Yeah, I put her skill set is somewhere we we don't have. It's it's a player that is physical, that likes taking players on in the dribble. And if you're talking about Mewis, she's very sit back, pick her spots, not really take on too many defenders. But where Pickett will actually drive at players in unbalanced defenses, and that can only help the spacing and the production of the front line. And as I mentioned in the article that I did on her, that she's the number one player in taking fouls in dangerous positions. So that's going to help out the offense a lot because a lot of this team has trouble sustaining possession and sustaining attacks. So we will attack really fast and then we'll lose the ball and then it's back on defense again. But she'll be able to hold the ball up get take fouls, slow the game down, and allow players like Mewis and Anamanu in purse to pick their spots. It's going to be really, really good. I think it's a super, super positive move for Gotham. Exactly. I can't agree more. Yeah. And last thing on the uh, the money thing. I So we got asked this question during the Twitter space. And I know for like the Major League Soccer, there's like different types of allocation money. There's like targeted money, which like has to be used for this. And there's general money that can be used for this. Mm-hmm. But the NWSL funny money, uh, Jen and I were a little bit stumped by. So we did some digging and like every expert we could talk to kept coming back. Like in theory, you could use it for this. Like in theory, you can do it for this. It was like, mm-hmm. this is not real. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so it's yeah. just funny money branded. <laughs> yeah. 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 So there's that. Okay. So let's get over to uh, Hugh Mendes because this is – probably the most interesting thing that's happened to Gotham in a long time. I'm really excited for him. And what's your initial thoughts on the Humendies hire? I can't explain how much more fitting he could have been for the club. Mm-hmm. Um, I think absolutely, especially with the situation that Gotham is in right now, obviously at the bottom of the table, nearing the bottom of the table, wasn't having much success at all anywhere. And and having players that I think were looking very, very stumped, very discouraged I think on the field for him to come in and even already right we've had a couple of games now under him where he's really like moving players around and he's unafraid to I think make these changes which and it's interesting because I was talking to my favorite soccer expert which is my dad I was talking to him yesterday last <laughs> night about um, sports and soccer and we were saying how in, he was saying how crucial it is to have how critical to have a coach that is unafraid to make changes when things aren't working out because I think a lot of people like sticking to what is known, what is comfortable. But if that's not working, then you need to be brave enough and bold enough to say, okay, I'm going to make these changes. I'm going to like move things. I'm going to try something brand new. And I think, I mean, I know you called it, but I don't know how many other people would have called Krieger playing in the six, the last game. Um, <laughs> I don't know how you saw that or, um, but I'm, I'm happy. I'm really, really happy to see him here, especially with his history, his background. 
really, really happy for Gotham and happy for him as well. Yeah, absolutely. And for on, on Hugh itself, like you, you don't, there's not much, he's not in the press much. So you really have to do your digging. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's like, you know, I showed you earlier that I do, I do my digging. So yeah. I was able to dig up some, some quotes from him, which I thought were pretty impressive and tell a little bit more about who he is as a person and his coaching philosophy. So on coaching, this quote was, he says, if you work for a play, you work with a player for a certain time, but then you coach them for life. He believes in keeping in contact with his players, always being there for them and setting, says basically he wants to set a standard for them that they're going to carry with them for the rest of their life. So even if you're with him for five minutes, whether you're with him for a couple of games, he wants the things that he teaches you to be with you for life. And I thought that was really powerful of a philosophy to have as a coach. Yeah. And and as a player myself, you can't ask for more than that, to be honest. Yeah. He also had a quote about technology in the game and basically says that he, he believes in letting the game teach the game. And he says there's just too much reliance on technology and stats and those types of things. Where he says basically he wants players to play the game more and stop worrying so much about stats and just learning how to actually play the game. Any thoughts on that? Um. It's interesting because I think um, stats and technology has allowed the game to kind of... I, I wonder also like in what context he was kind of talking about this and like to what extent he was talking, like explaining these sort of things. I think there are obviously benefits. I mean, being able to see like past, um, past production or like errors and like, I guess, faults and stuff. Um, but, but I can see what he's saying, that, that the experience comes from playing and not so much seeing stuff reflected on a screen yes yeah so he's got a, this is from when he was a youth coach so i think okay. that is where at that level i'm sure yeah yeah and then on what type of players make it to the pros or make it to the national team he basically says the most important quality of a player that he likes for at the youth level is mental fortitude he was not skill he says it takes a special player to handle the grind of the journey and is that something that relate, relates to you? Yeah, 100%. This is very much a mental game. I think a lot of sports, a lot of life, to be honest, is a, a mental game. It's uh, the confidence, the self-confidence to be able to say, you know what, I've put in the work, I've done this, and I can go out and compete and show for it. I agree 100% with him. Yeah. So this is an interesting side note. He always, like every couple of maybe a year, a year or two, you'll see a video of some kid who's just blowing by players, doing all these fancy moves and, you know, just dominating everything in his path. But you always think like, I saw that player, that video six years ago. Where's that player now? now yeah. Right. Cause it's, it's a lot more than just being able to take on players. You have to be able to be coached. You have to be physical. And when there's, there's going to be a point where you're going to start running into players and know how to defend. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's gonna be, yeah. It's gonna be more than just, you know, just the physical side. And it is true. The players that make it to the pros are the ones that are going to be mentally toughest to handle that journey. There is a lot, a lot. And we don't talk about the mental side of the game enough. It is, it is an absolute grind. I know for myself, it's just, yeah, it's tough. And I'm sure as you know, playing a, as a professional player, the grind is tough. Yeah. It's, it's definitely um, an up and down journey but i think for a lot of people who go into it or who want to get into it for them it's for us it's very much worth it though yeah and so how would you grade his performances so far of these three games oh that's a that's a good question um 
and it's tough because again, if we were looking at just the stats, it based off of like records, obviously yeah. it wouldn't be that high, obviously, right? Because Gotham hasn't produced a win yet either, um, and they're also still at the bottom of the table. Um, so, but I think in respect, obviously, and understanding that the game is more than just statistics and more than just development. I think in terms of moving the team in a direction that it can become more productive, um, and this is without even looking at the playoffs situation, I would give it a solid six or seven. And that's, I think I'm also kind of critical. I'm not sure what you're, you would grade it. Um, but I think in terms of making sure players understand that that it's not this season isn't over. I think he's made that very much clear that this team can compete, that there are very talented players on the team, that that this team is also capable of winning as well. I think we've also just had the unfortunate problem of still not being able to figure out the final third. Um mm-hmm. but I think he's very much injected a lot of optimism and a lot of um uh youth in in the squad and i use youth obviously not in terms of like like an age thing but in terms of like like a youthful spirit like i feel very much that there is a a resounding level of interest again from the players so i don't know what would what would you grade it oh gosh i probably <laughs> i you know it's one of those things like i ask questions and i don't really think of my own answers uh so maybe i would say maybe a b so far i'd be okay. b plus yeah a minus uh, yeah. i just think that for when he came in against seattle i think his, his main goal was to basically just let them play and let them figure out see what what the fault gotham was and then he started to, started changing things in the formation in the setup and he's really gotten this team to not only play good soccer again but their confidence is growing yes and if if you were to like i'll say this in the podcast uh but you're to try to tell these players that this, this season is over I, I think it would be lost on these players i think like mccall's or boney put on a performance of a lifetime against in philly yeah. she was amazing she and was these so players funny. are grinding they're fighting and i just don't i think the mentality of this team has gone uh a completely 180 and I'm really, really impressed with how much this team has grown in three in a week's time, essentially. Yeah, hundred Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe I'll make an article out of this. But his journey to the national team is incredible. Uh, I don't think we have time for it on this podcast, but it is a really, really interesting story and how he got hooked up with the Marley, uh, the Marley's daughter, to get him out there, and it's just really incredible. So I'll, I will put a. Uh, article about it together but were you able to uh listen to that podcast a little bit yes and and yeah. of course um and it's funny because it, it reminds me of something out of a movie right like bob marley's daughter like sadia comes out and she's like look we we need and we need someone to lead this team and for me at least the thing that always kind of stuck out to me the most was always the aspect that like monetarily he wasn't affirmed of any like salary or like like this was essentially for a, a, a couple of years where he was working with these women from jamaica for free basically essentially um yeah. and but but for him and he understood this right that that a team and that uh a group of women or a group of players who need to compete at this level require a lot of time a lot of dedication and and he was willing to give that and and build that up from scratch um which is Part of the it may be too early to ask for this, but part of the reason why I, I think he'd be a great option to stay as like a, 
as next season. Of course, again, he obviously has his own um, responsibilities, obligations, um, and family uh, connections in Florida, which I don't think, which he's made clear from the first conference we did with him, where he was like, no, I, I'm looking to work with this team, give them spirit, give them hope, try and get on a streak of some kind, um, but then eventually find a new coach. For me, at least, though, from his history and his story and just his background of building up programs, um, not just at the national level, but also for a lot of youth teams and youth programs in the country, um, he's just so good at doing this, um, of putting in these ideas and these concepts of, of soccer and understanding how to project that and get players and teams to follow through on them. Yeah, I think, I think you're absolutely right. I, I think that being a full-time head coach at this level, I think does really interest him to me. And that's what yeah. it seems like. It seems like he, he is a talent evaluator. He's a team builder and he's a, he's a corrector of yeah. things. So I don't think it, in his head that he's going to be going on for next year. And I don't know if that really interests him. It would be interesting to see if Gotham does go on a run that maybe he says, okay, maybe I can work with this. Maybe this is something I could do full time, but I don't know. I don't see it. I don't see it in him, but I'm rooting for him 100% of the time for the rest of the season. Absolutely. Yeah. So will you be there at the game on Sunday? I will, actually. I'm very excited going back to Red Bull. Finally, a home, a real home game <laughs> that we can all enjoy. <laughs> yeah, yes. I, will, I will be there. Absolutely. Are you going as a press or are you going as a, just a fan? I'm going in as a press this weekend. So be in that little box and um, hopefully get to meet um, some fans, talk to people. I know they're doing the um, the pregame party or they're doing like the, um, I think some face paintings and like some music's going to be playing. So I'm hoping to go there, check it out, try and meet. Um, I, I like, I enjoy like social groups. Like I like meeting people. I'm like that person at a party who's like, I have to go meet everyone who's here and like do my <laughs> round. So I'm sure I'll, I'll meet someone at least hopefully. Sounds good to me. And Eli Manning's supposedly going to be there. Oh my God. Stop. Now I have to meet Eli Manning. <laughs> I have to meet it's, Eli Manning. It's, sur it's surreal hearing him say we. When he's, when he's referencing Gotham, it's just right. such a weird, weird, weird world that he's in our world now. Yeah. But so because he did the, the promo and he's just like, we're gonna, like, we as Gotham fans, we as something like, <laughs> we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Us? Us? We're together? All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll take it. But yeah, I'm excited for this game and just getting back in the arena. And if they, they come out with the energy they had in Philly, I think we can take it to Angel City. What do you think? I I agree a hundred percent, especially because, and you know what? Also, I think a lot of players, our players aren't going to want to lose Angel City either, right? Like this is also like another new franchise who's kind of been making a lot of noise and like, and I know a hundred percent that competitive spirit and that flair and playing home again. I, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. When, when Sheridan came back, there was a big round of applause for her. I can't wait to see Didi in person again. Um, but Freya, we'll, 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 we'll see what happens with Freya. Uh, I do. She was a great coach. She was good for us. It's a shame that it ended the way it did, but mm -hmm. it's going to be the two teams that she built going against each other. It'll be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really excited. It should be a really good game. And I'm hoping, I think also the attendance, I think is projected to be, uh, higher this or for this game, at least in comparison. Angel city brings the fans, I guess. All right. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, so, so again, Noella, I, I could talk to you for, forever. Thank you uh, for joining me again. And I always learn so much for when you're here. Thank you. Again, thanks again. Thank you so much for having me. Happy to be on the podcast. Yeah, we'll get you on again very soon. 
But all right, fans, that concludes another episode of Soccer Over Gotham. Gotham again returns to action this Sunday, 5 p.m., Red Bull Arena. Let's go, Gotham. You ready, Nicola? Let's go. Let's go. I'm ready. Let's go. 